Hi and welcome back to the final part of this podcast. Yes, if you've listened for this long, your ears are probably bleeding by now, but stick with us. We have saved some of the best till last, at least anyway. Um, this time, we're going to be talking Bethesda and EA, and Dan, our resident non-geek, is going to take over from me now. Hey guys, so um, yeah, E3, Bethesda, uh, you can probably tell from that, I really enjoyed the show. Um, I really felt that they brought all their A-game, this being the very first time they've ever done it and all. Um, standout for the show, of course, had to be Fallout. Everything they showed off, the game looks phenomenal. Damn it, not again. <laughs> so I'm going to keep for, these bits in. Yeah, uh, yeah. For man, for, spectacular. Fem, spectacular, yes. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, Doom also looks very interesting, and of course I know there's someone in this podcast who's not looking forward to Doom, and there is someone who is looking to Doom, but forward to Doom, but we'll get into that in a bit. So first off, um, I thought I'd better put this in, that you may notice uh, one of our members is missing this week, yes, uh, Steph is away, um, and she left us a little message about what she thought of Bethesda, so here you go now. Right, uh, Bethesda's conference, what, I gotta take back what I said about Fallout 4, I really, really do, the graphics look so much better than the pictures they released, it was just amazing to watch, the trailer, um, yeah, I was, I think as I can't like, watch it fully, because I'm fangirling already for the fact that I've managed to order my Pip-Boy edition, no surprises there, um, looking forward to it and I can't believe it's out this year I was very surprised that something at E3 is actually coming out a few months after they've shown it it's, yeah it's, it's great I cannot wait to get my hands on Fallout 4 uh, I'm interested to see what the story is in that game um, how big the open you know how big the map's going to be what new features we're going to see uh, especially the new customised customizable weapons also the um whole designing your character looks so much better and the fact that you play a female i mean i personally won't but um but yeah you can play as a female character if you wanted to i've just opened up so many options for so many gamers and and you know your your character has a voice i wonder how that's gonna fit in with the whole game yeah hopefully i can start playing my evil character again like i did in fallout 3 um, those who've ordered Fallout 4 will also get Fallout 3 included, which I was chuffed with because I've always, you know, I, I love, Fall, I absolutely love Fallout 3, and uh, yeah, Bethesda did, did, did themselves proud with Fallout. I didn't watch the whole conference for it because I was busy doing other stuff. So yeah, bring up Fallout 4, bring on Fallout 4 even. Okay, thanks, Steph. Uh, thanks for stopping by. It was um, great. That was so, like a news yeah. report. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm going to start off with uh, Paul. What did you think? Um, it was alright. The uh, I was quite impressed with uh, Doom's sort of announcement because, well, from the original Doom, you you got quite a graphical uplift. But I'm going to take a guess and say that's what you want in the fight about later. Fallout Four. Meh. You're the only one in here who thinks that. Uh-huh. I'm allowed, I'm allowed my own opinions. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Fallout 4, uh, I don't know. Yes, I can agree with people saying um, the design's good, um, it's not a play. Uh, the story may be um, enjoyable, but I've, I've played 3 and I didn't enjoy 3, so and I know people hate me and try and hunt me down and kill me now, but 
I'm Ginger and I'm a ninja. So hey, bring it on. <laughs> okay, now let's go to Scott. Just for the record, you concluded by thanking Scott for his input there. I would just like to say that Paul is not Scott and Scott is not Paul. Because that's the second time it's happened today. (laughs) Right. Um, Start with the positives. Uh, Graphically, I thought Doom looked fantastic. Um, When they started to go through the gameplay at the the kickoff, I was quite excited by it. I thought it looked good. I thought it was very... What's the word? immersive I thought you know as well as just looking good you could you also got a really good feel for it uh, as you were walking through you can you know the echo of the footsteps that kind of tension that the introduction built up so I thought this is going to be great and then the onslaught of macabre violence just took over for me I get that it's in line with a lot of the older Doom games but I didn't like it one bit I, there was a point where I got to I think it was roughly when the chainsaw came out where you have that barbaric goring of this demon in front of you while your controller is shuddering the entire time. It's just a level of violence that I was not comfortable with. And I get that it's going to be appropriately age-rated, and that probably takes away a lot of the potential controversy. But in an age where we're sort of ripping developer companies apart for being overly graphically violent or overly graphically sexual or too much language... I'm thinking particularly of Rockstar and the constant barrage of abuse they get for the the, uh, Grand Theft Auto games. Do we really need something that's that violent? And don't get me wrong, I won't buy it. Um, But there are plenty of people out there that obviously were really excited by it. It just wasn't for me. Um, Fallout 4, I started off being really sceptical. When I first seen the trailer for Fallout 4, I think I mentioned it in the pre-E3 cast, I was not impressed. I, I thought it looked awful. The dog was like something from Modern Warfare 2. Um, it just didn't impress you me. You mean Ghost, right? Uh, no, I meant uh, <laughs> M- MW2. And then having actually seen the gameplay and having seen quite a bit more of it, I find myself being in the now quite excited category. Um, I'm quite looking forward to Fallout 4. And it even got me to the point where I downloaded Fallout Shelter from my iPhone because I was enjoying it so much. Um, At least someone has sent. So, yeah... Um, <laughs> I thought Bethesda impressed me a lot more than I expected to. Um, I'm also looking forward to Dishonored. I guess we'll discuss that in a bit. But um, apart from Doom, yeah, I thought they'd done a lot right, Bethesda. Yeah, you got a lot of nice points there. Um, just to add, do you think they're being overly graphically violent? Because there was a scene in the Doom gameplay where they cut off his hand just to put it onto a scanner and they just they just make it as violent as they can. Do you think that's to sell copies? Possibly, yes. I mean, the thing with the hand has kind of been done. Um, It's been done in various films and TV series as well, so that didn't particularly shock me. It was just the intensity of that experience with the chainsaw. And yeah, okay, maybe I'm a bit squeamish. Um, Listeners can think whatever the hell they like. Um, But it just didn't resonate with me. But yeah, I think violence and that extreme level of violence might contribute towards the sales, but it will also appeal to the older Doom fans, and I guess they're much more important than I am when it comes to trying to sell Doom games, so... Alright, thanks, Scott. So, um, let's go to Grady now for his thoughts. Alright, I'm uh, I'm gonna start with Doom since that's what we're on right now. I kind of respect that it's going back to its roots a little bit. Um, I'm not big on the horror genre, so there's not a whole lot of reason that I'd want it to stay there. That said... I was never a big fan of Doom, and I won't buy this one. There's you know, pretty much no chance. It's not that the violence bothers me. It's it's that kind of classical mindless shooter. 
doesn't entertain me for long enough for me to consider to purchase when there's so many other good games out there. Uh, I'm not troubled by the violence. Maybe it's because I'm so overly exposed with violence constantly. I don't I don't know if that's the case. More more context will will trouble me. Uh, hatred, for example, bothers the hell out of me. Um, the concept of going out and killing innocent people just for the sake of it, you know, that bothers me. Is that me not too. like Grand Theft Auto is? Uh, well, that's not the main <laughs> plot of Grand Theft Auto. It can be played that way. But the point of hatred is to murder innocents. Uh, and that bothers me. In the case of Doom, I am not really bothered by the violence. But at the same time, I'm not interested in the game. Um, Fallout 4. That's interesting because I'm not a Fallout fan at all. I briefly played 3 and didn't like it, never tried New Vegas, especially because of the VAT system, but I was trying to play them on PC. I've never tried one on console before. Um, and after watching the trailer, I was a little more interested, but not really. You you actually did a good job selling the uh, trailer to me in that last podcast when you, when you pointed out a lot of the details that I'd missed because I wasn't a fan of it mm. and I wasn't paying adequate attention. Uh, so after that, I found it more interesting, and then after doing some reading on the different things, the towns... Uh, setting up trade routes, defending against attacks, stuff like that. The customization of the weapons and power armor. I think it sounds like a really interesting game. And uh, probably one that I'll pick up. Alright. Uh, thanks, Grady. And finally, leaving the best to last, Luke, give us your thoughts. The best? Well, I feel honoured. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, we'll start with Doom then. From the outset, I'm telling you now, it won't be a game that I buy. Not outright. Um, maybe I'll rent it. You know, I, I rent a lot of my games anyway, so I might rent it. But to me, it just seems like it does seems like I already say it's just a, a mindless shooter. Uh, granted, it does go back to its original Doom roots um, in the fact of obviously slaying off the demons and being quick. That was the main thing of the original Dooms. Um, and I think, yes, it's gone back to that. I also agree with Scott in the essence that it is overly violent. You know, as he said as well, though, with the hand thing, it has been shown before, but not really in a video game. You know, you you haven't physically within the video game had to go and chop somebody's hand off and lob it onto a machine. I just I just don't think it just doesn't appeal to me as a game. Um, I mean, it looks beautiful. Don't get me wrong. They've done an absolutely stunning job of making it look fantastic. But it's it's definitely not a game I think I'll pick up. You know, like I said, maybe I'll rent it, but I would not pay full price for it. I love how innovative the uh, the map making system is and looks. That mm. is a very, very good idea. And uh, more games, like, you know, I mean, going, looking at it, going back to like uh, the Far Cry games and stuff like that, where you can make yeah. your own maps and put them online, other people could play them. I think that's a great idea within a game, and it gives you plenty more hours of of playtime in it. Um, especially when people start liking your stuff, downloading it. I mean, that's that's another thing with Forza, for example. That's always done well on the customizing front. So, in that essence, I think they've brought a great, great idea to it. And how simple it actually is to build would be fantastic. So, you know, I think all in all, I think they've done Doom a, a very, a, a good honour, if you like, by revamping it in the way they have and bringing it out. You know, my hat off to Bethesda. They've done a cracking job. Uh, Fallout. Well, I'm a massive fan of Fallout anyway, so when I saw that first trailer and the countdown and everything like that, and all the hype building up, I was almost off my chair. You know, I was I was just sat there in anticipation, waiting for it, waiting for it, checking my phone every hour, like, I haven't missed it, I haven't missed it. And then lo and behold, when it came to the time when it came on, I missed it. So, <laughs> you know, 
that was all for nothing. But yeah, Ironic. I eventually watched the trailer and then obviously I watched the Bethesda conference, but I didn't watch it till the day after. But even then, you know, my, my heart was in my mouth with everything that they were announcing. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And yes, I am a bit fanboyish because I love Fallout. But, you know, I think some of the stuff they've done for this game, as Grady said, with building up the towns and your um, trade routes, etc., the customization of the weapons, all that sort of stuff is just going to add time to it. And I mean, if I total all my hours I spent on Fallout 3, you're probably talking close to 500 hours on multiple playthroughs. So I don't expect to see me this side of Christmas. You know, if I'm missing from a few podcasts, you know where I am. Um, but yeah, I think I think Fallout looks great. Um, I know they said they were running it on their engine. So what it will look like when it eventually gets released to the console and obviously PC, it will look slightly different. Um, though how different, I, I, to be honest, I don't think it'll make a difference. I agree that the trailer looked it, it looked a bit cartoony in the sense of the, the, the foreground, you know, the, the characters and stuff like that. The background still looked phenomenal. And I think actually when I've seen the gameplay video, I think it looks a lot better. I'm, I'm quite excited to see the story behind it as well. Yeah. How come he's survived 200 years in a bowl, etc. And, you know, no one else is alive. And there's, there's, there's a lot and there's hype. And I, I, I honestly think this will be there, probably be one of the games this year that lives up to the hype the only one from the only other one for me was the witcher this year mm, so yeah. i'm hoping that fallout do the same thing and they live up to the hype because people have been waiting for years and this is their time to shine if they can make this people will wait another what is it six years since fallout three you know uh, people, eight eight years you know people will wait another eight years they'll wait another console generation for another fallout if this one lives up to what it's meant to be but yeah, that then my thoughts on what Bethesda did. I thought they had a good, good press conference. Two very good games, especially for people that like those games. I mean, like I said, Doom wasn't my, wasn't keen on. Fallout was great. Both games were presented well. The conference went fine. Again, though, one thing I would like to point out is if you watch it on YouTube, don't watch the IGN feed because it was terrible and it keeps coming out. Mm. Anyway, back to you. Thanks, now. Luke. Yeah. So um, now let's go get more into what's most important, the games themselves. So we're going to start off with Dishonored 2. There's a funny story behind this, actually. Uh, Bethesda accidentally, accidentally leaked uh, that Dishonored 2 was coming out on their Twitch uh, before the show. Uh, apparently, they were having just having a chat, and it just somehow the Twitch stream turned on and, well, ruined the surprise. But anyway... What do you guys think of how the first trailer looks or sells the game? I'll start off with Scott because I know he liked the look of it. Yeah, I thought it was spectacular. Um, I say that as someone that hasn't played the, the previous game, Dishonored, at all. So I think the storyline in the trailer is perhaps a bit lost on me. Um, again, I was a little bit perturbed by how graphic some of the scenes in the trailer were, but, you know, fantasy, I'll get over that. Um, but in terms of the environmentals, how it looked, I thought it looked really quite... awesome let's just go with awesome I'm even losing my words here Um, I do quite like the fact that here we have another game where the lead protagonist is going to be a female I know that has a lot of previous Dishonored fans up in arms actually but um, she seems like an incredibly awesome character from the first little thing that I've seen of her in the trailer so yeah she's actually from the first game yeah, I think I was told that, oh, I don't know if this is a spoiler perhaps, so turn off if you don't want to hear it. She's uh, the daughter of someone that you rescue. Is that mm-hmm. accurate? Yeah. yeah, that's correct. So I think 
I think uh, you know it ties in well to the first story, which I will need to get a hold of and try and play. But yeah, I thought it looked like a really interesting and well put together game, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. Let's move on to Doom. So um, for this one, I'm going to hand you over to Scott and Paul because they're going to have a little debate over it. So go ahead, Paul, you start. Uh, everybody else within the uh, sort of podcast has said that they feel it is a bit too over uh, graphic on the points of, um, as Scott's pointed out several times, chainsawing. Um, I played this game from a very young age uh, on my dad's PC um, in a sh- shop. Um, it was an enjoyable game. The thing was, when I, when I played it that young, my dad put the cheats on for me, so it was a case of I was invincible, had every weapon, I didn't really care, it was just running through, shooting like sort of pixelated monsters on screen and it was fun my point of wanting to go and play it is because it's nostalgia i want to see them because uh, i can't remember even who created uh doom 3 but it was just that that wasn't doom this looks like it's went back to the original point and it's put it from the pixelated to what you've now got for proper graphics and it matches the sort of gameplay that you you had from the eight minute clip that we got to see that's it that, that's all i want to say on it there's no point in going into any further points if you want to um find out about mine and scott's full thoughts on this uh, i have a mini rant about, about someone taking a bit too excessive on um it being all fluffy bunnies and scott then kind of has a valid um argument on our page so go take a look there no, I was just going to say one quick thing. I mean, the the whole chainsawing thing isn't exactly new. I mean, look at Gears of War. They've been doing it for years. You know, I played Gears forever long, and if I'm honest, the, the chainsawing side of it didn't actually bother me in the slightest like it would have done some of you guys. So, you know, maybe that's because, again, because I've just become numb to chainsawing evil things in half. I think it, it's not for me just necessarily the fact that you're killing someone with a chainsaw. I mean, I know you used to be able to do this even in the older versions of Grand Theft Auto, but it's just the nature of how they've put it together. And perhaps this is just a consequence of how much better graphics and the intensity of the gaming experience has become. I just mm. felt that watching that trailer, it was so immersive. And I mean, I, you know, a few of you guys have kids. Can you imagine a child walking into the room and seeing that scene? It is, even though it's a game, it is horrific. Uh, absolutely, and, and I, I 100% agree with you on that. For example, one game that I will not play when uh, the kids are up is um, Dying Light. Yeah. Well, I'm in I the same boat you... as you there. I won't play Gears. Sorry, Scott, I keep cutting over you. No, it's fine, it's not at all. Um, natural discussion is good. Um, it, you know, I get that parents, in, in the most part, and I know you guys are certainly responsible and don't play these kind of games around your kids, which is fine. It comes down to another slightly bigger issue, which is how heavily regulated are these games being when they're being sold or when they're being accessed. You know, if you have kids that are perhaps 14, 15, getting access to something as really quite strikingly graphic as this... Uh, there becomes a bit of a political and philosophical argument about what impact it has. I'm not in the camp of, you know, I think Doom, the original Doom, was really quite badly slated around about the time of when, like, Columbine was happening, for example. They tried to make that connection between game violence and external acts of violence. I don't necessarily subscribe to that at all, and I'm not suggesting that's why I'm so against what I've seen in Doom. It is purely within that sort of household environment. If someone sees that, that really isn't at an age where they should be seeing something like that, it could have quite a lasting impact. And perhaps that's a bit of a fluffy bunny approach to the game, but hey, that's just how I stand. 
it is a valid point and like well i've got an eight-year-old and two-year-old um then looks good uh, is that two and four uh four and three four and three sorry um and uh, like yes we are responsible adults and we are but not everybody is um and there will be occasions where people like to be fair megan could wake up and come through accidentally without me even hearing her play one of these games and uh she's seen something on tv that was on during the middle of the day um i think it was ncis and a guy's head was getting chopped off <laughs> you're like okay there's i didn't realize that was actually on the tv it was by chance that my um little sister had stuck that on and she was just watching it and it was a part of the storyline so and she was affected just by that so yeah doom is completely unsuitable for anybody under the age of 18 i would suggest but that, that can be a whole new topic later on. Um, I think we should stick to Bethesda now. Yeah, I'm just going to say one final thing before this tangent disappears, and it goes back to what Scott was saying with how well are these games monitored when they're released and sold. I can tell you exactly how well they're they're monitored, being you know having a bit of a retail background in that in that side of it. Um, and that is, if the parent comes to the counter with the game, you can sell it. If the child comes with the game, you can't sell it. If the child comes with the game and then pass it to the adult at the counter, you are still allowed to sell it. Really? Honestly, yes. As long as it's someone over 18 buying the game, it doesn't matter who they're buying it for. Because the responsibility no longer falls on Exactly. So, in essence, it doesn't matter how old you are as a child. If your parent is willing to buy you that game, then they'll buy that, you know, the shop will sell it. Yeah, which is bizarre because when it comes to trading in, it can be any age rate and it doesn't matter. The shop will take you off your hands. But, you know, that's the tangent out of the way. Dan, carry on with what you were saying, mate. Okay, Fallout 4. So there's something I really want to start with here that I think is an awesome feature. And it was actually announced at the Xbox conference. Todd Howard, the head developer at Bethesda, stepped out on stage and he dropped a bomb. He announced that mods for Fallout 4 are going to be available to play first on the Xbox One. What do you guys think of this? I'd just like to clear this up because I slightly misheard you there. It's mods, isn't it? That you said. Yes. I thought you yeah. said muds. I was a little bit thinking, but I think that might have been your <laughs> accent. Sorry, mate. Um, yeah, I'll jump in since I'm already speaking. I'm I'm quite happy that mods are coming. I think this should have happened a long time ago um, with many games. I mean, you look back, or well, you look at the PC now. I mean, you look at um, just for example, let's say Morrowind. And you look at some of the graphical updates they've done for that game and the gameplay and the user interface, etc. It basically, apart from the storyline, I mean, you can even get storyline mods. It makes a completely different game. And it is, it's just going to add time and, and just beauty to, to your, your play session. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad they've brought it in. And I'm, I'm really excited to see where they go with it. Okay. Um, Grady, yeah, Grady. Yeah. I mentioned it in one of my videos, actually. I think mods come into consoles. I hope it's a trend of advantage to PC coming to these x86 platforms. Uh, but I did read something. The developer said that it was coming. The mods were first coming to PC, then they'd come to Xbox One, and they'd come to PS4 if Sony was on board with it. So that hasn't been confirmed yet, but it will probably happen because it's, it's just too good to not get let to uh, be a part of their platform. I... Uh, I'm not a tremendous fan of mods, all that said. Uh, when I play a game, I tend to play it in its vanilla state, but I do respect how much uh, gameplay it's going to add, and uh, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Uh, okay, Scott? 
kind of in the same boat as Grady, to be honest. When I play games, I don't tend to go in for all of this uh, modding of weapons or costumes or vehicles. So to me, it's it's not a huge selling point in all honesty. Um, thought it looked a lot nicer than I was expecting it to. And yeah, looking forward to seeing what it does. Okay, thanks, Scott. Very interesting point there. And finally, Paul, go on, tell me what you think. Go on, tell me you love it. <laughs> okay, so my mod will be that I don't buy it and I just buy Halo 5. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so, so I'll get the full Halo experience instead. That's a funny mod. That's why I actually quite like to see Halo in the Fallout world. That would be quite interesting. <laughs> but no, in uh, all seriousness, I can understand uh, mods because I've seen uh, the sort of Skyrim uplift that you get on the PC and it can look absolutely amazing. Um, change, change the whole game entirely. Um, but... <sighs> As I said, the Fallout series doesn't really grasp me in um, a sort of point to play. Um, it's, it's another first-person shooter. Oh, I'm right. Uh, yeah, and you can play it in third person if you want. Yeah, so but, okay, it's Skyrim with guns. Um, it also has RPG elements. It's a terrible addition to any game. <laughs> um, so <laughs> overall, uh, as I said, it's not a game I'm going to buy. So I'll leave it at that. Okay, fair enough. So, is there anything else anyone wants to talk about Bethesda before we wrap it up? Oh, I'm quite excited to go in there and talk about EA now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, guys, um, as you heard me before talking about Bethesda, so now let's talk about EA. And before we start, once again, since Steph can't be here today, she wanted me, she wanted to leave us a message. My opinions on the EA conference, um, I was quite amazed by it, especially how they started it off. Um, what When they put the clip on for Mass Effect, I screamed down the Skype chat I was having, and uh, it was amazing just to see the actual game, you know, even if it's not like a proper trailer, it was just amazing to see what the graphics were going to be like, what we can expect from the new Mass Effect game, which name I cannot pronounce. Um, I mean, at first I was like, is this Battlefront or is this Mass Effect? And when I found out it was Mass Effect, I was so happy, so amazed, but disappointed that the release date is not till holiday 2016, because that's the main game I am looking forward to. Uh, what else I enjoyed about the EA conference was they have they showed the trailer for the new Star Wars, uh, the Old Republic uh, expansion, and that just looked absolutely brilliant. And the fact that subscribers for the game get it for free, and I was like, wow, EA actually giving subscribers something for free? That's quite amazing. And it looked like very good, uh, you know, gameplay not gameplay footage, but story footage to put you for, for what to expect from it. And the final game which I really enjoyed from the EA conference was Battlefront. I was amazed about how beautiful the scenes were, the graphics, the gameplay footage, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. So that is. And the rest of EA, I mean, Unravel looked really good, so we'll definitely buy that. Sports bit, I didn't actually care about. And, yeah, and I think from those three games, it won it for me. Um, first off, we'll start off with the first game announced during the game, the one that Steph loved the most, Mass Effect Andromeda. And I'm going to pass this one to Grady. Well, I'd, I'd like to point out that they're terrible games. Um, that uh, No, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but I, I do find it interesting. It's considered such AAA. You know, everybody loves this game, and and when you when you watch the animations, I don't know. 
the gameplay, the animation, it just strikes me as kind of a B game. Uh, but that was then, and this is now, and we don't know anything about now because all they showed was a trailer. Um, so it's not that I'm not interested in the game. It's they just didn't show me enough. Okay, thanks, Grady. And um, Scott, what did you think? I can't claim to be a fan of the old Mass Effect games because I haven't played them. Um, I thought the trailer for the new one looked really quite nice. Um, it's probably not a game I'm going to pick up. Um, my only real love for Mass Effect in the past has been their soundtracks, which I have listened to regardless to not knowing the game. Um, but yeah, um, it looked nice, but it certainly wasn't one of the trailers out of the entirety of E3 that completely blew me away. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, Paul, what did you think of the Mass Effect and drama the trailer? I'm quite interested in it. Um, I've played uh, Mass, all the Mass Effects. I've, I've, I struggled to play Mass Effect 1 because I started off with 2. I enjoyed the series. It was good. I know that it's um, going to be a different uh, protagonist that you're going to be running with. Uh, which will be an interesting take on it as well. So I am actually looking forward to it. And the the um, sort of images that we got from it really looked um, really good. Mm, yeah, I agree. I really like the you know Johnny Quick Johnny Cash Western vibe they're putting in there. And uh, Luke, finally, what did you think of the Mass Effect trailer? I'll be honest, I haven't actually watched the trailer yet. Um, though, if it's anything. <gasps> Yeah, oh, shock, shock. You know, the guy who likes Mass Effect hasn't watched the trailer. Um, no, honestly, though, if it's anything like the originals, it will it will sell like hotcakes. Um, I played all one, two, and three. Granted, it took me, I think it was four attempts to do a full playthrough of Mass Effect 1, um, purely because I'd either play it, get to like the end of the first chapter and be like, you know what, this sucks, or get so far into it and realise that my character wasn't the way I wanted it, so I'd restart etc and so forth and you know, I'm glad I did stick with Mass Effect 1 the button layout whoever designed the button layout should have been beaten with a wet fish it was disgusting <laughs> um, but that's besides the point um, Mass Effect 2 just just gained on it the button configuration was a hell of a lot better and then Mass Effect 3 was fantastic although when it released the ending was poop no one understood what the ending was. The best theory that was going around on the internet was as an indoctrination theory. I won't say any more <laughs> because people who haven't played Mass Effect 3 yet, you should have done. But, you know, I'll leave it at that. They did bring out a, a patch for it, so to speak, um, where you could get an alternate ending. So it explained a bit more what happened, etc. But I still didn't feel satisfied at the end of the game. So, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to uh, Mass Effect 4 or Andromeda or whatever it's called nowadays. Um, I just hope they keep the Geth in it because I like the Geth. Geth are the best race. Mm, awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and I will watch the trailer at some point. Don't worry, and it'll probably be before this podcast goes out anyway. So by the time you've heard this, it's old news. I haven't watched it. Okay, uh, Luke, and finally, I'm going to add in that I am a huge Mass Effect fan as well. I've been playing since Mass Effect One. Um, I agree with Luke, though the controls are quite terrible in Mass Effect 1. The bloody grenade was pressing select, and then you'd throw a grenade and press select again to explode it. I, I didn't like that. But, of course, you don't play it for the gameplay. You play it for the story, and the Mass Effect story is... I'm not going to say that word again, because I can't say it. Spectacular. The idea that you play a game not to play the game, but for the story, is outrageous. Okay. And I thought the uh, controls in Mass Effect 3 were horrible also. Why in the world they mapped so many functions to one button? This is how you sprint. This is how you cover. This is how you vault. This is how you revive. This is how you use. Give me a break. 
you know, and then the cover system. Sometimes as a human engineer, you try to lean around something and shoot. Your character doesn't lean far enough, and you wind up shooting into a wall. Just, ah, uh, I'm done. Go gravy. <laughs> I've got okay, to be honest. Guys, I love the uh, <laughs> I love the connect features on number three because every time uh, my other half would be watching something on the laptop, it just throw grenades. It, for some reason, apparently, whatever my missus was watching on the laptop came up as throw incendiary grenade. <laughs> Great. Oh, I'm now being told it was every time she watched Jeremy Kyle. Of course, for anyone out there that's listening that is a a Mass Effect fan, be sure to check out the Facebook page because we had another another Mark Muir, Commander Shepard himself, Mm. professing his love for our podcast. Yeah, that was cool. Thanks to Steph for that. So next on the list I have Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2. So I'm going to mix this one up and let Paul start off with this one. Looking forward to it. It looks really fun. I enjoyed the first one. It's just essentially mindless cartoon violence is the best way to put it. Um, <laughs> the first one you've got, it's just Titanfall with plants um, and zombies. Um, you've not really got any main story. There's no main sort of feature to it. It's just a case of you go in and try and win on either shooting a P or shooting arrows and things. Um, the second one looks kind of similar. Uh, you've got some more uh, sort of skills and abilities as zombies and plants. There's not much else that you can say to it. There'll be people that hate it because it is too cartoony and there'll be people that absolutely love it because they've loved all of the Plants vs. Zombies sort of series. Um, and that's my two cents. Thanks, Paul. I agree with you. It is really fun just because it's just mindless and cartoony. It's really different to other things, and it's it's really unique, in my opinion. So um, I'm going to hand it over to someone who absolutely loved the first game, and that's Grady. Uh, yeah, I, I did appreciate the first game. Um, there's something about the art style that entertained me, and I, I thought the gameplay was was surprisingly entertaining and the different characters played so differently that it wasn't just the same thing over and over again. A good complaint I often have with Call of Duty is it doesn't seem to matter what gun you pick, they all play the same. Uh, and I know that's not true of all guns, but in Plants vs. Zombie, a different character played incredibly different than the other characters. Um, that said, I'm not interested in the second one. Uh, I, I think it should have been DLC. Um, graphically, it didn't look like much of a step up to me. I, I think it's interesting that now the, the zombies are more on defense than the plants. But like you said, there wasn't really a story in the first one anyway. So uh, I don't know. I'm not sold on it yet. Maybe I'll come around. Uh, like I said before, there's just too many good games to play uh, for me to fit it into my schedule. Finally, Scott, what did you think? This will be an incredibly short segment because I have no experience of the previous games and I wasn't really interested and turned off when that trailer came on. I think I was doing something else at the time, so uh, yeah, nothing much more to add. Okay, so um, I'm going to ask anyone this, and if anyone is excited for it, please raise your hand. The EA, of course, had their big, long sports rant, and I'm just wondering, did anyone here tune into that? Yep. Okay, what do you think? Um, I kind of grew weary of the the FIFA style games quite a while back. You know, granted the graphics would upgrade every now and then. You'd find the strips and the squads would update, but otherwise, there's really nothing much there that changes anymore. 
And mm. I'll be honest, I, I recently signed up for the EA Access thing. I took the trial thing and actually really thought it was a good idea, so signed up to it properly. And downloaded FIFA 2015 just to get a feel for it. I haven't played yeah. a FIFA game since 2009, and... Apart from the fact that the squads were more up-to-date, I didn't feel as if anything much had changed. The dynamics, gameplay dynamics still felt very similar. Um, as a massive fan of the NFL, I quite like the look of the new Madden game, the different modes that were included in that, the fact that you could link up your fantasy football to the gameplay. Plus, if you combine that on the Xbox One with the fact that you have the NFL app that allows you to watch the games, it's pretty much a great package for anyone that's a fan of the NFL to have all these things together. Um, I think probably the one sporting thing that excited me more than any of the other ones that EA broadcast at the showcase was the new trailer for Need for Speed. I thought graphically, mm. despite having never been a Need for Speed fan in the past, I thought graphically it looked fantastic. And yeah, I've, I've now taken out the EA access, so it's definitely something I'll pick up when it comes out. I, I know a game that's going to get you all really riled up and excited, though. Star Wars Battlefront. Hey. I didn't know I was supposed okay. to take all at that point. But to be fair, graphically it looks amazing. Um, Gameplay-wise, again, another shooter. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's one that I'd pick up. It might be one that I pick up like further down the line um, when I can like get it pre-owned mm. and probably for a tenner. Um, but it's not on a high priority list to for me to get it. Yes, I will agree that it does look really good. A lot better than Fallout 3. Eh, sorry, Fallout 4. Um, and so I'd probably take that over Fallout 4. But um, yeah, I know there'll be a big fan base that's available to it. And EA's presentation uh, for it was really good. But they also released, they did not release the trailer just before E3 uh, happened as well anyway. Uh, the Battlefront trailer that was released like, two or three months ago oh yeah so um yeah it was good to see a bit more of it um and then there was just a there was a bit of gameplay wasn't there mm, yeah i have yeah. To, the gameplay does look uh not gonna say that word because i can't say it spectacular uh i really like the way it recaptured the battle of huff so um i'm gonna ask someone here who's not a really really big uh star wars fan more of a star trek fan grady Oh, I'm excited to talk about it, actually. Am I coming in clear? I know we're having a lot of audio problems here. We're getting a lot of audio problems. You want me to keep talking? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, go for it. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm burned out beyond all reason in Battlefield and Call of Duty. All right? I'm just, I'm just not interested in them anymore. They're the same thing year after year. So what we need is we need something a little different. And that's what this Battlefront is. Uh, so I'm really excited about Battlefronts. I love me some Halo but I need more shooters in my life that don't have RPG elements. So there you go. Uh, graphically, I agree with everyone that it looks awesome, but it's, it, it looks awesome because of distortions, um, kind of like the Need for Speed trailer. You can't see what's going on, but it looks amazing, right? And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about that. I agree it looks fantastic, but at the same time, uh, I don't know if just, just filling the screen with distortions and light effects and smoke, uh, I don't know if that's the way to go about it. But you can't deny it looks good. The the gameplay they showcased, where you were like holding out until you got evacuated. To me, that looks like a fairly generic hold the mm. line. Not really interested in that. More more interested in the multiplayer. But uh, I, I am interested in the game, and uh, hopefully it's as good as everyone wants it to be. 
Yeah, I find it really interesting that the game's actually captured the attention of some of a person that's not really into Star Wars, and of course that's its core core uh, you know player base. So well done DEA for convincing Grady that uh, a Star Wars game looks good. <laughs> so finally, Scott, what did you think of Star Wars Battlefront? Well, again, as someone that's not a fan of the Star Wars universe, I was actually really quite impressed by it. Um, I thought graphically it did look fantastic, and I think Grady's perhaps doing it a bit of a disservice by saying that you know it was artificially enhanced by distortions and lighting. I actually thought environmentally it looked phenomenal, and there are a couple of sequences that it shows you where you're actually aiming down the sights, and when you're shooting the stormtroopers on the other end, it almost looks cinematic. You know, when I seen a lot mm. of the the trailer, I was thinking this has to be video from in game. But no, actually, the gameplay does look that good. Um, and I think Paul's also doing a bit of a disservice by just claiming it to be a shooter. You know, there's a first person and third person interaction, and you also have a bit of dynamic interaction with lightsabers and vehicles. I think it's quite a, a wide ranging game. Granted, yes, it's primarily a shooter. Fair enough. But I think there's a lot of other elements that would keep people happy. It's not simply just Battlefield or Call of Duty being recreated in the Star Wars universe. I don't know, for me, it might actually be a day one pickup. I was really impressed by the trailer Ooh. and it deserves its plaudits that it's getting uh, from E3 in general, to be honest. I was really impressed by it. Oh, thanks, Scott. And well done to EA for convincing another not a very big Star Wars fan that this is a game worth picking up. And uh, I should point out that uh, IGN actually gave their game of the E3 to Battlefront, so it must be pretty good if you know if it's getting game of E3. But we're gonna have to wait until down the line to see what's coming, what comes out of that. With uh, everything that we've uh, said in the last hour and well, I say hour, if we look back at our record times, you're probably talking close to two hours, two and a half hours worth of E3 still. We hope that you've enjoyed what we've uh, said, what we've put forward, our thoughts, our ideas and our ideals, so to speak. And uh, we hope that you'll join us again next week for a completely new topic and a new season start to our podcast. Um, for me, it's good night, goodbye, good morning, good afternoon, or whenever you listen to it, just generally goodbye and thanks for listening. And uh, I'll let everyone sign themselves off. I'm going to jump in since nobody else did. For me, it's definitely good night. And a good night for me too. Yep, it's night time in the UK as well, so good night. Uh, I look forward to catching you on the next podcast, and thanks for tuning in for the E3 special. So, uh, guys, uh, that just leaves me. So, thanks for listening to our E3 special. It's been emotional, it's been a lot of fun, and I hope to see you on our next podcast where we'll start our new series. So, good night and good luck.